0: If you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and needing a helping hand or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your Cut Flower Woman. Welcome, to the Cut Flower Podcast. Hello, and I'd love to welcome our guest today, Alyssa, who's going to tell us all about her business in a minute. But Alyssa and I met way back in August at the Association of Cut Flower Farmers Conference in Framlington, just outside Boston. And um, Alyssa was there with her mother, and she can talk about her in a minute as part of the business. And and then I started to think about podcast guests, and you were on my list. Um, so I've been following you on Instagram and seeing what you're up to. So tell us about your business,
1: where it is, what you do, and that it is a family affair. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on. I was honored that you asked me to be a guest. So, um, yeah, I'm Alyssa. Um, me and my mom um, own and operate Backroad Blooms Flower Farm together. It's in Oakdale, California, um, and it is a family affair. We have uh, me and my mom run it together, but then obviously my dad and my husband. Will help with the tractor work and the heavy lifting sometimes. So yeah, it really is a family affair. Uh, we started back in 2018, and we actually started my parents' side yard. They had um, some ground that wasn't uh, landscaped yet, so my dad threw up a few beds, and uh, we started planting late into 2018. So we planted all of our summer flowers super late, but we just we just started. You know, it's kind of how you just get going, but. um Yeah. Then we uh, graduated and moved to our four and a half acres um, next to the Oakdale Cheese and Specialties Factory. um, And that's where we have grown ever since. So we have a retail farm stand right next to there. And then we grow on the four and a half acres. Uh, Not all of it's in production at one time, but uh, we grow about two acres um, of flowers. And then we kind of let sides of the field rest. And then we put compost down and then uh, we'll plant them uh, in the following season. So yeah, it's it's great. Uh, me and my mom do it together, uh, and I started kind of in college. I was uh, a business marketing major at Sonoma State, and she asked if I wanted to, you know, do a cut flower farm with her. And I said, yeah, uh, but I was in school at the time, so I would come home for summers and I would help her. And we were small enough at the time that she could kind of handle it on her own. But now we have five part time employees and uh, we are a full I work for it full time now. So we both do. So it's definitely grown into a like, thriving business, which is fabulous. Uh, but it grew at the perfect pace because I was able to graduate college and then join it full time. And it's continued to grow ever since. So it's awesome.
0: So tell us what you grow. I mean, four acres is massive, obviously, but even intensively yeah. on two acres is still a lot of land.
1: In yeah, flower for farming sure.
0: terms. So what do you actually grow? What are your main crops?
1: Yeah, so during the springtime, like right now, we're planting ranunculas, lots of tulips. We grow about 20,000 tulips for the springtime. Um, anemones, we grow all the fun spring flowers. Snapdragons, uh, we just planted Campanula and Dianthus today. During the summertime, it's sunflowers, dahlias, of course, lisianthus. We love the lisianthas, grow lots of those. <laughs> and then uh, we kind of, we don't really do too much fall. We normally our, our season's normally over by the beginning of October. Um, sometimes we hold on to like the end of October ish, but, um, if we were to continue, we would have chrysanthemums, but, uh, yeah, and mostly dahlias and zinnias as well. Selocia. Those are kind of some of our main crops that we grow.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Extending it with chrysanthemums, we, we can get chrysants right into December, certainly at the moment, right. the climate in the UK.
1: Yeah, um, exactly.
0: So can you, I mean, I remember talking to you over over dinner about Lysianthus. And I have to say it's a crop that in the US you grow a lot of. Um, It's a hard crop, I think. Uh, Give us some tips on growing. I mean, I've seen your Instagram. We're completely (laughs) jealous. Um, (laughs) I have bought some lisianthus seeds. And the packet tells me that I'm not allowed to touch them until the end of November. And then I've got to treat them with love and attention. But tell me about growing Lysianthus. I'd love to master it.
1: Yeah, I guess the biggest uh, secret that we do is we don't grow. We don't start them from seed. We buy plugs in. So we're kind of <laughs> cheaters in, in that respect. But uh, yeah, we, we grow all of ours from plugs. They take so long to start from mm. seed. I mean, they're just slow growers and I don't have enough patience. My mom doesn't have enough patience to babysit them for so long. So we get plugs. Um, they come straight to our door, all perfect and happy, uh, right around February. And we plant them then, February. They start blooming in about July. Uh, but I guess the key is, yeah, I guess buy plugs if you can. And then okay, uh, weed, keep keeping them as weed-free as possible. I mean, I've noticed in the past that when we haven't attended to the weeds as much, it's been, it's a lot harder for them to grow, obviously. That's how all flowers are. But I mean, I probably weeded my beds three or four times this season, and they did fabulous. So the weeds really do hinder them, and I think keeping them weed-free is, uh, is the best. My favorite liziantha to grow is Voyage to Light Apricot. If you could grow one of them, grow Voyage to Light Apricot. It is so, so good. Um, yeah, I actually think I have it. Down. Yeah, <laughs> write it down. It is so fabulous. I actually think I have it pinned as one of my top pictures on my Instagram feed because I love it so much. So <laughs> if you want to look at it, there it is. Yeah, it's fabulous. I'm definitely going to grow that
0: and I'm definitely going to buy them as plug plants because there are trends, obviously, with wedding flowers, which is one of the markets we're in. And one of the yeah. trends is going towards that apricot coral color and
1: yeah. that
0: sort of, and some of those light pinks, which is lisianthus. And, for sure. And for years, I've really wanted to get them. So.
1: Yeah, and they have such a great vase life, like 14 days they're lasting for people, you know, I have people come in every two weeks during Lysiantha season for new flowers. And I had somebody even say they lasted her 17 or 18 days. I mean, it's crazy the vase life on them. And people, people love that, you know, people want their flowers to last a long time. And that flower is it they last so long.
0: Wow. No, I'm yeah. jealous, but I've now cracked it. I'm going yeah. to crack it. You can see on, well, you'll know <laughs> I'm, if i my rooting Instagram. For you.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm rooting for you. You're going to do great.
0: If you don't see any photos of Lusianthus, <laughs> I definitely haven't cracked it. So you have a self-serve stand outside. What, what markets do you cover? What, where are your flowers going?
1: Um, so we have a retail, so we do self-serve. We have a retail farm stand. Um, that opens kind of in the summertime, we kind of gauge it depending on how much flowers we have. Um, If we don't have too many flowers, we just put out our self-serve standout a couple times a week, and that's basically on the honor system. It's in front of our our retail shop, but our doors are closed, obviously, and people just pay cash or Venmo um, for that. So it's just kind of a grab and go. That's kind of how we got through COVID, you know, that contactless pickup that people were looking for. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of continued it after and into the spring and then during the summertime, we open up our farm stand. Uh, we have succulents and house plants and pots, and then we also have uh, obviously the fresh cut flowers. So, and then we also do wholesale. You know, if wedding florists need flowers. Uh, we supply to them as much as we can uh, for different events that they have. So, those are kind of where our flowers are going.
0: Wow. And I know we also discussed um, when we, and you and I was convinced to take Emily von Trapp's um, tulip course. Yeah. Um, I was completely mesmerized on it, on how that in Vermont, that you could possibly have tulips in January, February, or March. And right. I got to thinking, well, if you can do it in Vermont when it snows, I mean, we have some snow, but nowhere near that. Yeah. Um, why can't I do it in the United Kingdom? So I have signed up to Emily's course on tulip growing. So I'll be doing that next year. But I know that Emily is going to be joining me on a podcast in a few weeks' time. But tell me, you did the course, which then convinced me to do the course. And yeah. what do you do now? You talked about 20,000 tulips.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about California, I mean, it's kind of the same. Like we're like, it's normally too warm to grow tulips here. I mean, we're so limited on our varieties that we can grow. I mean, I see all, all these people in cooler climates growing these beautiful, gorgeous, long stem tulips, all these ruffly and fluffly varieties. And I, we just couldn't grow that here. I mean, we would get itty bitty stems. And the varieties were like single tulips, which are great, but, you know, they would only be blooming for about two weeks and then they were done. Um, and so we, you know, reached out and we were like, "Can like, is this, I know you're in from Vermont, but like, we're in California. I mean, our climates are totally different. Could, could we make it work? And they were convinced that, that, that we could. And uh, last year was the, or this previous spring was the first year we did it. And it was the most incredible thing for our spring Um, I mean, we doubled our profits, if not tripled them in springtime, just because they're so reliable, like having them for four months straight, it's just, it's crazy. And it's unheard of, unheard of in our area. So it was, it was a fabulous course. I highly recommend it to anybody who wants to take it. It was, it was so cool. And they give you so many like nuggets of information, you know, the good varieties to grow, how long they need to be cooled for, like all the things they just take, take the guesswork out of it. And it's, it's totally worth it. So yeah, we're growing around 20,000 20, tulips this year, which is what we did last year. Um, but wow. it's, yeah, for over the course of four months, it's really not that much. I mean, hopefully if we get a good response for them again this year, we'll increase more next year. Or we'll more next year. But yeah, I just finished packing. I think we're about halfway done. I think I packed about fourteen to 16,000 the past two weeks. So wow. it's been a lot. Yeah, we have a big crew that helps us. We have like a big assembly line. Uh, people are shoveling dirt into crates. You know, we're packing them all, storing them, and then putting them on big pallets and putting them into the cooler. So it's a, it's a big production, but it's so worth it when springtime comes because they're gorgeous.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to see your yeah. feet. Are you buying them as five-degree bulbs? And they're coming in from Holland, and I know that. Um,
1: yeah.
0: So you buy them pre-chilled, and they arrive, and you put them in crates.
1: Mm-hmm. What,
0: what do you then do with those crates? You're putting them in yeah. a cooler.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we grow, uh, we buy unchilled bulbs and pre chilled bulbs. Um, We just packed our Easter um, flowers. This is what that succession was was Easter flowers. Um, So those ones are unchilled because they're going to go into like a long term cooling kind of situation. Uh, they'll, you know, they'll be in the cooler from now until about February, March time. Um, and then it takes a little bit for them to grow, but they do their whole life cycle in those crates. Um, I mean, we plant them there, then they chill for a certain amount of weeks. Like I said, in the course, they tell you the certain amount of weeks that they need. And then, um, we pull them out and we, you can grow them in like greenhouses I've seen. Um, we grow them. I grew them in my parents' second garage. Um, it was temperature controlled. We, we put up, um, like lights um and just kind of like wow. jerry rigged the situation yeah and so we just put it at a certain temperature and they grew their whole life cycle and then we just harvested them there, harvested them in in the in the garage and it was great so yeah they uh, then the 5c bulbs come at the end of the month um so we do about three successions of planting just so it's not so overwhelming to have all the tulips come in at once um so we have about three deliveries that come you know october mid october and then november so
0: I'm really excited about, I'm trialing it. I, I love it, anything new and I yeah. just love it. And because uh, at the moment, obviously tulips in the UK, we can grow tulips quite well. Um, at the moment we have problems that the fact it's still warm. We're still mm-hmm. at 16 degrees during the day. And actually you need to be about 10 degrees consistently to grow them outdoors. And we're just not. And in no, we're in November and we're still not cool enough to put the tulips in the ground.
1: Yeah,
0: And I have 28,000. You'd be impressed. I have 28,000 to go in the ground. So <laughs> I will That's a lot. Be having,
1: I'm excited no, for you.
0: <laughs> so I thought this year that I would trial it and that I would sell them in the London markets and that I would buy very unusual tulip varieties, sort of earlys mids and lates. But I need to get them in the ground, which I mm-hmm. haven't done yet. Yeah. So <laughs> next year obviously I'm gonna add to that and have yeah. my pre chilled bulbs. But um, uh-huh. yeah, I'm loving it. So um
1: I just That's gonna be great. I can't wait to see your feed. <laughs> I can't wait to see all the tulips. <laughs> it's gonna be great.
0: Yeah, so all these bulbs arrived from um from Amsterdam and I just thought, oh my goodness. Um, how many have I ordered? That was quite Yeah. A...
1: When you see them right in now. the boxes, it's overwhelming. You're like, What have I done?
0: Yeah, yeah. So talk us through your season. You know, I believe your climate's similar to ours or probably quite near to it. So you kick off when? You're obviously doing tulips. When's your first time you can actually have flowers?
1: Yeah. So, um, last year we had them mid January, but, um, this year I think that we're going to start, uh, really hit it hard for Valentine's day. So that was like the main reason we kind of wanted to try it too, because, you know, we couldn't get field grown flowers for Valentine's day. We would always miss the holiday and it was, you know, such a big flower holiday that we were missing and we really wanted to try and uh, use the tulips to make it for that. So, um, we did, and we had them for Valentine's day last year. So I'm going to say we're going to ha- start having flowers about beginning of February. We'll start rolling out the tulips. And then about March is when ranunculas um, and anemones join us. We can have anemones earlier than that. Uh, but right now we're planting all the spring flowers. So like Dianthus, Campanula, um, Gadacia, Snapdragons all get planted now. And they bloom about April, May, um, as well as peonies. And then the li- uh, the lilies bloom about that time too. Um, then we then we move into summer. Summer starts blooming for us about June, July, uh, and that's the zinnias, uh, sunflowers. Sometimes we can get uh, sunflowers for Mother's Day. It just kind of depends on the weather. We try every year, but it just kind of is a gamble. So, and then yeah, obviously in July we're planting for for fall time. So we're planting you know amaranth, more sunflowers, marigolds, all those flowers. So yeah, and then normally December and January is when we break and we like (laughs) calm down think about the next season remember why we're flower farming because it's really hard (laughs) remember our why and remember uh, your why yeah yeah why 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 what is is
0: your why that's an interesting one I was I was doing I was listening to the TED talk by Simon Sinek today on the why you know Mm -hmm. what what is your why for being a flower farmer I, I was intrigued to know what's your why
1: yeah, that's that's a good question. Um sometimes I question my why more times than once in the day, but uh, it's honestly, I mean the customers, our customers are so fabulous. I I mean just seeing the reaction and the smiles and the joy that flowers bring to people, I mean it's it's not it's like nothing else, you know. Mm-hmm. Like handing somebody a bouquet of flowers and their, you know, the reaction that you get, you, sometimes it's tears, sometimes they're just so excited, and that's totally worth it. I mean, all the hard days combined Just seeing all the joy that it brings people. I mean, it's, it's fabulous. So that's kind of that's when I continue, you know, you just think about the customers and, you know, you know that it's it's worth it when, uh, when they're enjoying their flowers, or they're able to gift them to somebody, you know, I mean, during COVID, it was crazy, people were dropping off flowers to people's doorsteps who were sick. And it was just like, it's such a good way to give and just to love on Mm -hmm. people. So that that's probably my why why <laughs> yeah I mean and I just love the flowers they're 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 incredible I mean I really can't imagine a better job being a flower farmer is one of the best jobs in the world in my opinion I mean I just love it so much seeing all the different varieties I mean each season is different you know each season is a new start and uh just because certain things are are difficult and you run into roadblocks I mean they always get fixed and everything works out so it's good yeah
0: every season's a learning season I think yep exactly what do you think are the greatest challenges in setting up a profitable flower farm? Any any advice you can give to our listeners? We have lots. We have a, a free Facebook group where we have sort of nearly 6,000 people and a lot of them are startups or want to be startups, really want to go into flower farming. What would be your number one piece of advice to listeners about being a flower? How do they start? What do they do?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just a lot of trial and error. You just have to be OK with making mistakes. Uh realizing that every like i said every season is different not no two seasons are the same even if you try to plan and prepare as much as you can something's gonna happen the weather some pests gonna get you we had gophers this year and our ranunculus terribly and our dahlias you know it it, there was a crazy uh, time when the ranunculas, it just the, the weather was crazy, and the majority of our ranunculas this year got root rot, and it was it was detrimental. Like it was it was hard. It was a hard hit. But you know we had the tulips, so that was fabulous to kind of make up for that. But I mean, you know everything's different. You just don't know how the weather is going to be. You don't know how what pests are going to want to eat your flowers this year. Uh, disease happens. But I mean, just you got to be flexible. You got to roll with the punches. Um, always make adjustments, figure out what grows good in your area and, and grow that, you know? And then I would, the, the second thing I would say is, you know, work just as hard as planting your flowers as you do marketing your flowers. Cause I mean, you can grow <laughs> great flowers, you could grow great flowers, but if you have nobody, to, nobody to sell them to, I mean, that's just such a waste, you know? And when you have flowers that are going to bloom all next week, you know, you want to be able to sell them uh, quickly. I mean, we're growing a perishable product, so it's it's really important. I mean, focus on the marketing just as much as you do on the growing because it'll it'll really save you when you have tons of flowers and you need somebody to sell them to. So
0: Yeah. I, I absolutely I mean my background's marketing, so I'm absolutely the same as yours. So I'm absolutely yeah. with you on that. And I always say to people, um, to flower farmers, I say to them, what have you sold today? And they look at me like with well, this really sort of like and I say, Well, every day you need to sell something, you need to think about how you're gonna sell it or what you're gonna sell, or spend mm-hmm. an hour selling something um yeah. because it's you can get very wrapped up in the growing
1: absolutely I need to do,
0: get rid of the weeds and i've got to do my tulips and i've got to mm-hmm. get rid of this and by the way i'm going to divide my herbaceous perennials today
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um and it's very easy to do that really easy oh, and, yeah. and actually why mm-hmm. say put an hour aside middle of the day and do marketing and mm-hmm. think about who you're going to sell it to
1: yeah Um, i need to take my own advice sometimes because i do i get wrapped up in that and i you know but i think too is just inviting people into your story and just showing up on instagram or whatever social platform you have and just being authentic and showing the the triumphs and the failures and just letting people in people like to see you know the person behind the screen they like to see the face behind the business and you know i think that's that's important too so yeah take time to show up on social media Um, And just, yeah, really sell yourself as much as you sell your flowers. um, People will fall in love with you just as much as they fall in love with your flowers. So
0: it's important. I always think people buy from people. They buy, you know, you have a brand and you have a story to tell, of course. But that's what they're buying. The fact Mm -hmm. that your flowers are beautiful is is almost a sort of sideline. They are beautiful, of course. They will buy them. But they're buying why. Why are you doing it? And what's it about? And, you know, for me, it's all about getting people to grow more flowers and being more sustainable and eco and buying local flowers and, and getting flowers into people's hands where they didn't realize that because most people 90% of the flowers imported are come are that are, are sold in Britain are imported and if you say that fact to anyone they go no and you go no no I'm serious mm-hmm. so it's about the more people that grow flowers and have flowers for me that are British the better off that we all are so yeah so marketing is the answer. So tell me, what's your motivation? What inspires you to keep going every day?
1: Oh, gosh, I kind of think that that goes kind of back to my why, the customers, you know, just the community supporting us. Um, I mean, just, you know, our, my family continues to inspire me and keep me going every day. It, it's so fun to... uh to work with your family it's also really challenging at times (laughs) Um, so I mean me and my mom work together so I mean we butt heads she has an idea of what and I think I have a better idea you know so um but the motivation I mean we just keep motivating each other to continue to go because yeah I mean there's so much flower education there's so much learning and there's just so much you know that you can share with others um, and that kind of just keeps and motivates you to keep going, you know, just the love of flowers and just sharing that beauty with others.
0: Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um, so I know that we met at the association conference and, and in Boston. And for me, the greatest learning was all about winter tulips. I am going to have tulips in January and you are going to see them on my feed. It will be January 24th because obviously you need the whole cooling system and you have to have learned it but I'm, I'm writing yeah. notes I you know exactly what to do and also about um, rainwater harvesting I found very interesting. Um, what, what was your biggest take from the conference this year?
1: I really liked the profitability talk by Julia Shank. Um, I, that's something that I kind of got to focus on you know it's like I said it's easy to get caught up in you know the marketing and growing the flowers but you know, realizing, are you being profitable in certain areas? Are you making money? Are you spending too much money in certain areas? So kind of her talk on profitability and, you know, the different sales avenues that you can um, go to, you know, go through, you know, wholesale is wholesale, really making you a lot of money, like enough money to make it worth it. Is retail making it, is it more work, whatever the, you know, all the different factors that play into that. Um, So I really liked her talk. And then I also liked the talk about composting, you know, no-till <laughs> flower farming, all of that. I need to be better about it, so that's why I think it inspired me the, like the most. Um, I'm not the, uh, you know, I'm not super great at it, but learning about it more makes you know makes you want to figure out and how to be more sustainable and figure out what what you can compost and you know all the different no-till methods and kind of is no-till better? Is it not better in certain situations? Is it good? Um, so I really liked those talks. Uh, they they were really inspiring to just you know, make you think outside the box, you're so used to, you know, doing it the way that you've been always doing it. But there's always room for growth and improvement and, you know, making it more sustainable for, you know, the environment and for your business and all those things. So I liked those yeah. talks the best.
0: I just think and there's another one thing that flower farmers should do, and they're not very good at doing generally, is investing in themselves. So Mm -hmm. investing in training and for us it's, I do a lot of that, you know, and investing in Emily's course and investing in going to the States and finding out if there's anything new we should be doing and learning all the time. And I mean, I think I have a absent, well, I do have a prime pass to Amazon and there's a book that arrives every day because I think it's continual. I don't think it stops. Um, And I think investing in yourself is something that people find very difficult when they're setting up in flower farming because they're doing so much and they're being everything to everybody but actually just taking a step back and, and, like you say, learning new stuff. Like the composting was interesting. Yeah. Um, and the whole profit is interesting. So analyzing each channel and going, well, I do wholesale, but how much does it actually take me? And how much profit do I actually make? And how much resources it actually take? And it's quite interesting to see where the money actually is.
1: Yeah, And definitely. analyzing
0: it all.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I definitely agree with you on the investing in yourself. You know, me and my mom make it a a priority to take at least one trip a season to go and learn or do something, you know, visit other flower farms. We go to the conferences, you know, the ASCFG conferences are always fabulous. Always so much, you know, we learn so much at all those conferences. Uh, You know, last year we went to a triple run farm up in Washington. We went and looked at, we went to their Dahlia Festival, um it was really really cool to see you know just other farms and expose yourself and you know make connections and then also just like learn and grow as you as you go so yeah i definitely recommend investing in yourself like i said even if you can't go somewhere invest in a course um and just yeah always be open to learning and growing and mm-hmm, and yeah just there's, there's... I, I looked
0: on the site today to see where the american association especially go growers is conferences yeah. next year i can't see it yet
1: i know I they'll probably uh, release it soon hopefully
0: <laughs> oh, i want to know where mm-hmm. i'm going to be going in 2023 yeah
1: exactly we'll see you at the conference yeah we'll have to meet you there again <laughs>
0: <laughs> so listen do tell the listeners where they can find out more about you how they can follow you on instagram how they can see those wonderful lizzie and those beautiful tulips come valentine's day that we're all going to be really jealous about um how can they find out about you where can they follow you
1: yeah. I mean, I think the most uh, common place that you can find me is Instagram. I'm always hanging out in Instagram stories. That's where you get the most real life, Alyssa and Lisa. Uh, but that's uh, Backroad Blooms Farm is our handle. And then our website is uh, backroadbloomsfarm.com. So you can find us there as well. Kind of hear our story, you know, read more about our services that we offer and things like that. So yeah, Instagram is where I like to hang most of the days. So
0: <laughs> brilliant. Well. Thank you for coming over I really appreciate it um, it's lovely to speak to you and I hope I do see you at the conference this in 2023 if you can believe that and uh, yeah and I can't wait to follow you on Instagram and see tulips and I will be following 12 months behind but we'll be there so yeah thank you for, for sure well over. thank
1: you for having me I really appreciate it so it's good to see you again
0: <laughs> and you take care you too If you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment, and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and need a helping hand, or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your cut flower woman. Welcome to the Cut Flower Podcast.